we head into the Late Show Library and the man who is responsible for a brand new book called Power and Glory, Barney, the inspiring story to the top of the world tennis. Uh, it is Ron Reid, a well-known uh, Melbourne journalist of many, many years standing. Hello, Ron. How are you going? I'm fine. Thank you, Kevin. 2020 is a big year for Ash Barty, but 2019 was a, an amazing year. Now, I, I want to ask you, in, in your f- 50 years of, of journalism, uh, you've, you've obviously seen an enormous amount of athletes in that time and great sports people and uh, people who've been number one in the world and people who've achieved all sorts of things. Why did Ash Barty inspire you to want to do a book? Well, you're right. There's been all sorts of uh, champion, champions uh, down the years, but very few better feel-good stories than Nash. Uh, the way she went about it, the way she carries herself, the way she speaks, uh, everything she does off the court is uh, at least the equal of what she does on it. And you don't find that too often. <laughs> you especially don't find it in tennis these days. <laughs> so, um, so I thought she was... Uh, an irresistible story. Um, um, it, it began when uh, my publisher, Michael Wilkinson, uh, saw her win the French Open, as I did, of course. And he uh, he said, "Then look, this is a uh, this is a terrific story, this girl. So uh, uh, let's do something." So here we are. It's almost as if we live in a world now because of social media and because of the the amount of uh, press that's around that, that covers all the events that you can't be an unassuming sports star anymore. You, you actually almost have to be this person with a posse and with a, an entourage and with a, a big head. Yes, you do. Uh, things have changed, haven't they, uh, since the, uh, the the golden oldie days of the uh, 50s, 60s and 70s when Australia pretty much ruled the tennis world with the, the exception of America. Um uh, and uh, back then, uh, they didn't have the entourages. Uh, they, they did it themselves. And the thing about uh, Ashley Barty is that uh, to her, there is no such word as I. It's always we. Yeah. She, she, she gives um, full credit to a coach, uh, especially her old coach, um, who, who got it started, but also to a management team and her family, uh, every time she speaks, she, she refers to we. It's, it's, never, uh, it's never just me, and that's a really appealing part of the story. I, I know one of the other books you've uh, written in your time uh, is, was about Frank Sedgman. Is, is Ash a bit of a throwback to those sort of uh, days of, uh, and has that kind of uh, Australian tennis culture of that era rather than of the current era? Uh, absolutely. That occurred to me while I was writing the Barty book. Um, uh, Frank, uh, who's now still going strong, he's well in his 90s. Yeah. But, but uh, he's, uh, he, he was such a, a good personality in his early days. He, he was never, ever uh, in any kind of trouble for abusing referees or opponents or, uh, or anything. Uh, look, he... Uh, he uh, married his first serious girlfriend and is still married to her. He didn't drink until he was uh, uh, well into his 20s, like 27, 28. Even at his wedding and even after winning Wimbledon, he, he still didn't have a drink. Uh, Frank was uh, uh, was the, the perfect uh, representative of Australian sport in those days. And uh, while Ashley... Uh, um, 
is, isn't uh, exactly a replica of him. Yes, there is, a, there is a very strong connection between them. And uh, I was talking to Frank about it just the other day, yeah. and uh, he's he's very very proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Australian tennis is very proud. I think I think there's almost a, from from the your generation and my generation. There's that kind of like, well, you can still be an unassuming, uh, you know, a not uh, narcissistic, uh, successful person in the sports world these days, and they're very very rare. And and that. That role model thing gets gets rolled out a lot about a lot of tennis and a lot of uh, sports stars in general, and, and it doesn't fit well. But it actually does fit with this uh, young lady. Yes, absolutely. Um, look, the, the 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 obvious uh, comparison, of course, is with uh, uh, a couple of the male players who, who represented Australia in recent years, and, uh, Colin and Kyrgios. Yeah. Um, it's perhaps a, 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 a slightly cheap shot at them to say that they should be uh, uh, taking lessons from Ashley, but dear me, they should, shouldn't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Kyrgios is, a, is an interesting case because um, um, a lot of people have, have dropped off watching tennis because of him, but I don't think it's as simple as that. Because he is so unpredictable and so volatile and so very talented, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people uh, watch him even, even if it's despite themselves sometimes. Oh, no, I have no doubt uh, about that whatsoever. He's like mm. he's, the, what we refer to as the train smash, um, you know, because you know something's going to happen. And uh, and you only have to look in the stands that the seats are filled when he plays because he's, he's got that going for him. I find him a far more, and I'm, and I'm sure you do, a far more... Uh, a palatable human being than uh, than Bernard Tomic. Yes, absolutely. Um, who knows what the future is going to uh, bring for Kyrgios? I mean, uh, as as every tennis expert has agreed, he's got the talent to win uh, uh, Grand Slam tournaments. But whether he does or not is another thing. But uh, uh, with Ashley, she has won one now, yeah. and it will be a big surprise if she doesn't win any more. I, I mean, she was clearly the best player uh, last year. Uh, it wasn't just the French Open. She, she won uh, three other uh, very big tournaments and, and did quite well at, at Wimbledon and, and the Australian Open. And so uh, her, her rise to number one has been no fluke, no accident. Yeah. You know, she, she's got all the tools and she's uh, still uh, in the, at the very peak of her powers. So I'll be surprised if she doesn't end up... Uh, winning two or three more Grand Slams. We're talking to Ron Reid. Uh, Power and Glory Barty is the, is the name of the book uh, that we're talking about here in the Late Show Library. Uh, the parallels between uh, Ash Barty and Yvonne Goolagong. Uh Well, the obvious one is uh, they both have Indigenous backgrounds, although uh, you, you, uh, Ashley's is fairly tenuous. Uh, so, uh, father's grandmother uh, was Aboriginal, and it doesn't extend much further than that. However, uh, that uh, that hasn't stopped Ashley from uh, being very much a part of the Indigenous community, and then they've taken her on board too, of course. But uh, the thing about Yvonne Gulagong when she played uh, was that, that like Ashley Bartley, uh, she, uh, she, she was squeaky clean. She she was never in trouble for um, uh, for poor behaviour on the court or off it. 
she she was a great role model in her time, yeah. and, uh, uh, and and so she and uh, it's no surprise that she and Ashley relate strongly to each other, and uh, they're they're in they're in touch all the time. So uh, uh, yeah, they they have many things in common. Yeah, including talent. Um, you've enlisted the uh, the uh, services of Linda Pierce and Chris McLeod in in putting this book together. They obviously had uh, an important role to play. Yes, I did. Um, uh, we got Linda on board because, uh, in my view, she's uh, been the preeminent tennis journalist in Australia over the last uh, ten or fifteen years, yeah. and uh, she was she's been covering. The Ashley Barty story right from the beginning and uh, knows her very well, uh, which is something that I don't. You know, I'm I'm a I'm looking in from the outside, but uh, but uh, Linda is a it's been a confidant of Ashley's, and uh, her expertise in tennis in general and on this particular subject was invaluable. Um, Chris McLeod is an old colleague of mine at the uh, at the Herald Sun when we both worked there. Um, uh, he's a, a sports fan with a, uh, a bent on statistics and information, and he's put together a, uh, a, a long uh, list of every stat that you would want to know about, actually, plus uh, all the things that she has said herself, that, that other people have said about her, uh, prize money she's won, and so on. So... Um, uh, while well, one half of the book is an appreciation of what uh, Ashley has done, the other is a, 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 a factual rundown of everything that pertains to her career so far. Yep, no, it's a, it's a very good read. Hey, Ron, uh, you retired from the Herald Sun and uh, and sort of uh, you, you haven't retired really, though, have you? Because you sort of, I guess you never sort of retire from writing, do you? <laughs> no, you don't really. Um, it's been three and a half years now, and. Uh, first year or so I, I, I didn't do much um, and then with a couple of mates we started a sports website called Sports Hounds which, yep. is, uh, which is a hobby right? it's not commercial uh, it's just an outlet for uh, myself and a few others to uh, to have their say when they feel like it on, on sporting matters but more recently um, yeah, I've, I suppose I've become pretty much a full time author the Ashley Barty book is one of three that I embarked on last year. The other two are still in the works, uh, coming along nicely. And, uh, but uh, they are uh, taking up most of my time at the moment. Right. Is, is, the, uh, is the pace of being an author, uh, and I've written a couple of books too, is the pace of being an author, uh, it is different to the cut and thrust of the, uh, the sort of daily headline, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, the, the good thing about it is that you, you don't have to uh, get it all done by five o'clock this afternoon. Yes. Um, you know, you can take your time and do the research and, and talk to people at your leisure about uh, the topics at hand. Um, but that said, it's uh, it, 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 there's a fair amount of work in it. Uh, um, I, I, I had a I, I wrote three or four books quite some years ago, and I'd forgotten about how. Uh, <laughs> how much work goes into them? But uh, <laughs> when I go, I, I got going again with the, the Frank Sedgman book, which is a couple of years ago now. Um, that was a reminder, although, although um, Frank was the ideal 
guy to do it with because he was uh, retired, of course, and uh, was always available any time, any day. And uh, so we were able to sit down and do it at our, at our leisure. Um, but uh, the ones I'm working on now, yes, uh, one of them won't be finished until after the Olympic Games uh, later this year. And the other one I hope to finish in the next month or so. Uh, yeah, it is an Olympic year, and I mean that's obviously always been a uh, you know a big thing for a, a working journalist to be uh, to be up and about in a, an Olympic year because there's always great stories to tell. Hopefully, there's some terrific uh, you know winning moments to share with people. Uh, you're looking forward to the uh, the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo and what Australia might be able to do. Uh, I am absolutely. Um, I missed the Rio Olympics, uh, which was the first one I hadn't worked at since I uh, got started in Los Angeles in 1984. Oh. So, uh, and I, and I, I did miss it. I happened to be in Rio just on holiday just before the game started and, uh, and, and, and the town was just gearing up for it. So uh, that made me all the more uh, um, disappointed that I uh, wasn't there, I guess. Yeah. But yes, um, uh, it's always a great event. Um, this one's got a, uh, a, uh, a bit of special relevance to me. Um, the closing ceremony uh, will be held to the day on the 75th anniversary of the atomic bomb uh, over Nagasaki that finished World War II. Oh, wow. And my uh, uh, father was a prisoner of war in Nagasaki at that time and survived it along with 23 other Australians' uh, soldiers. Oh, wow. There. So... Um, um, his story has never really been told, and and it's and uh, how you survive an atomic bomb almost straight over your head is uh, is interesting in itself. And he, he was also um, torpedoed at sea on, on the way on the way to that prison camp, and uh, and Japanese uh, sailors tried to um, drown him at that stage. So he he had a great story to tell, which like a lot of Return serviceman, he uh, was reluctant to do it. Yeah. He didn't like talking about it, but um, <clears throat> and uh, it's one of my great regrets that I didn't, uh, you know, make him tell me more about it. But uh, I've been able to. Uh, uh, he, he, he went back on the 40th anniversary of the bomb and met one of his old captors. And there's uh, there's a documentary that's been made about that. So I've got a lot of information now oh, wow. oh, about what happened to him. So that will be the uh, uh, the basis for this book. Uh, it's not the whole book by any means because uh, uh, the rest of it will be about uh, the um, nine or ten Olympics that I've, uh, that I've covered, as, as well as a, a lot of other big stories and. Uh, and prominent people that I've, I've dealt with over that fifty years in sports journalism. Um, if so, I think that, I think it's a fascinating story that uh, the story about mm, your dad is uh, that's got to be told. Mm, that's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, it's a remarkable coincidence and I'm not, uh, that you know, I mean the Olympics always finish on a Sunday, yeah. and it just so happens that that Sunday is the seventy fifth anniversary of the bombing. Um, yes. I mean, if it had been two or three days earlier, it might not have had quite the same impact. Yeah. But I, I, I am I do know and I've spoken to the uh, Japanese organisers. They uh, do intend to uh, commemorate it in a big way as part of the closing ceremonies. So 
And I'm going to go to Nagasaki on the way to Tokyo uh, where they've got a, a peace memorial where my father's name is up on the wall along with uh, everybody else who uh, either died in the bomb or, or survived it. So that'll be an emotional thing to see. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, good luck with that. I hope I hope that works out uh, nicely for you. Uh, we're not we're not far away from the uh, from the twenty twenty uh, Australian Open, and it would be it would be the fairy tale, wouldn't it, if Ash Barty was to win her home Australian uh, her home Open tournament uh, uh, in the in the kind of form she's in at the moment? That's uh, it's very possible. Uh, it's certainly possible. I mean, she'll start uh, a hot favourite with the bookmakers, and rightly yeah. so. She's not number one for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and the support she gets will be overwhelming. I mean, it's, it, it, sometimes that can uh, be slightly negative, but it won't in her case. I mean, she she, uh, she revels in that sort of stuff. And you would have so, seen this, uh, you would have seen this uh, firsthand, I would imagine. Uh, the difference in the way she will handle this as to the way Sam Stoza handled it will be diametrically opposed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sam was a, a very good player, yeah, and uh, and she's and she's got Grand Slams to a name too. But uh, but yes, uh, the, 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 her Achilles' heel was always the home tournament yeah. and the pressure that uh, there is a special pressure that applies there. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that's going to worry Ashley. I think we uh, I think we found a sports star that we all love, and, and, and universally we uh, we think uh, we, we're all behind us. And uh, you've captured it beautifully in this book. Well done on the book. Uh, good luck with uh, the 2020 Olympic Games. I look forward to talking to you again soon, Ron. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks very much, Kevin.